Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us today. Today in the show, we're going to talk a little about fixing soil compaction. If you've got questions about that or anything going on in your farm, you can give us a call here, 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You could also email us, radio at agphd.com, or send us a note on X, AgPhD Media, Darren Hefty or Brian Hefty. All right, so when it comes to fixing soil compaction, I'm sure you remember from when you were growing up on the farm and your grandparents, your parents, People said, stay off the ground when it's too wet or you're going to compact your soil. Well, <laughs> that's still too true today, just like it always has been. So we can talk all we want about fixing soil compaction, but we can recompact the soil again real fast if we're on ground that's a little too wet. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we aren't ever going to be out there. We farm too. We farm like 3,500 crop acres. You can't get to that all in one day. You can't get to that all when the soil's exactly perfect. And so there are going to be times when you're going to create some compaction out there. There's a trade off because you go, all right, well, like in our case, maybe let's call it 90% of the field is fit. And we know we got all these acres to do. Should we just go? Should we wait another day? What should we do? It's always a tough decision. All I'm saying here is, we feel for you if you've created some compaction out on, well, everybody's created some compaction out on their farm. I'm just saying you can't prevent it all and you're never going to totally fix soil compaction. But we want to talk today about some of the steps you can take to at least lessen the amount of compaction you have out there other than obviously staying off the ground when it's wet. And you know where we're going right away with this. It's drain tile. That's one of the big things. But on top of that, We'll talk a little about calcium, soil organic matter, and just the amount of tillage you're going to do and when you're going to do that tillage. So we're going to get to all these things today. Again, if you've got any questions for us, the number is 844-44-AG-PHD. All right, let's hit the AG-PHD mailbag. It's the mailbag! All right, Brian, this one comes from John out in Maryland. He said, uh, you guys were, were talking about adjuvants and performance and so forth in cooler weather conditions. Is temperature a significant variable when selecting adjuvants and adjuvant rates in order to dissolve the plant wax to improve chemical absorption? Just talk about that just a little bit, please. Okay, so yes, it is, but it's not just the temperature that day. It's the temperature leading up to that for the last, quite frankly, few weeks. And here's really what it amounts to. If you've got hotter, drier conditions, just understand that the plant at some point, and I shouldn't even say just hotter in general because that's all relative. Let me be very specific here. If let's say that our temperature is... 50s for lows, 70s for highs, your plant's feeling pretty good. And especially if you're getting, let's call it an inch of rain a week, okay? But then when the temperature starts getting into the 80s, and especially when it gets 90s and above in the daytime, and at night it's not dropping below 70, 
here's what's happening with that plant. Number one, at night, it's not recovering super well, super quickly, because it's not cool enough, and there might not be enough humidity. And then during the day, it's getting real hot. And if it's dry at that same point, those that inch of rain a week isn't happening anymore, and you're dry, you're getting almost no rain a week, then the plant goes into its defense mode. And how that works is, well, there are a number of things that happen in the plant, but just two simple things. Number one, you're going to see leaves starting to roll up, okay? Pretty common occurrence. The plant's trying to shut down. Spraying herbicide at that point doesn't work super well. The next thing is the, the, wa the wax will get thicker on the leaves, and that's to try to prevent moisture loss. Same reason why the leaves roll up. So it, the longer it has been hotter and drier, like I described, then the thicker the wax is going to be. And that's why you need, let's say, crop oil or methylated seed oil to bust through that wax as opposed to non-ionic surfactant. Also, the thicker the wax, could you increase the rate of crop oil or methylated seed oil a little bit? Sure you can. There are rate ranges. And so that's one of the things you got to think about. So a lot of people want to focus on, well, I sprayed on a really nice day. Well, yeah, it might have been one really nice day, but if you've had a whole bunch of hot and dry leading up to that, that wax doesn't just disappear in a day. So you have to switch adjuvants, even though the temperature that day might not have been super great so, or it, super high, I should say. Let's say that day it was 60 for a low, 70 for high. You go, well, it should have worked just fine. No, it was all the leading up to it stuff. So anyway, that's how I would describe that temperature thing. I know that's kind of a long explanation, but that's the reason why we switch over from surfactant to crop oil or methylated seed oil and why we would consider increasing the rates. Thanks for the question. I got this one from AL. It said, you guys talk about growing degree days and calculating them in Fahrenheit. Well, I actually calculate them in Celsius, and I've got uh, weather data that's tracking the Celsius uh, temperature every 20 minutes continuously day after day. A high and low temperature can be found for the four previous days, and it ends up with near to half in magnitude as Fahrenheit. The concept is the same. I'm using this tracking the weather to track plant diseases, weed emergence, insect life cycles, pollination, growth stages, and crop maturity. And I bet there's even yep. more that you could track with that. Yep. Uh, AL, you're right on the money here that there's so much in agriculture that is dependent on heat and what kind of weather we're going to have. And the other thing that we talk about a lot is sunlight and just how long there's going to be sunlight and heat for if it warms up just for the last hour of the day and the whole rest of the day was cold or if it's cloudy all day and the sun came out an hour before sunset, that kind of stuff. Uh, obviously, that's not as, as wonderful for the plants. They would love to have more sunlight and in most cases if they've got adequate water and love to have some warm temperatures too to push growth along. Hey, thanks for, for the comment. Thanks for checking out our content too. We really appreciate that. We're talking about fixing soil compaction on today's show and taking your calls and questions too at 844-44-AG-PHD. Go long for season-long foliar disease protection that starts at plant. Only Zyway brand fungicides from FMC provide season-long foliar disease protection from the start. Active ingredient flutriafol moves through your corn plants as they grow for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. 
Growers and retailers are sharing their Zyway brand fungicide success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. Are you ready? We got the need, the need for seed treatment. Start your engines. Ready, set, Intego. Start your season strong with Intego Sweet Soybeans, Intego Fungicide Soybeans, and Intego Sweet Cereals OF from Valent USA. Ask your Valent rep about seed treatment solutions or visit valent.com slash Intego. Always read and follow label instructions. Insects have reigned since the dawn of time. Adapted to their surroundings. Experience the harshest climates and toughest challenges until now. With two modes of action, Ridgeback Insecticide delivers one devastating outcome for soybean aphids, extinction from your fields. They may have lived through it all, but they won't survive this. End soybean aphids reign at ridgeback.corteva.us. Morton Buildings has served the American farmer for more than 120 years. From manufacturing our own building components to constructing your building, Morton takes pride in being the industry leader in post-frame construction by providing a quality building and exceptional customer service. A Morton is built to last for generations. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. Talking about compaction on today's Ag PhD radio show. And of course, our phone lines are open. We'll take your calls and questions with any agronomic topic you'd like to discuss. 844-44-AG-PHD. You can send in a soil test, a picture, or a question to radio at agphd.com as well. Well, when it comes to compaction, a lot of different ways to address it. Got Ty Fickenshire on with us right now. Uh, He works with Luma down in Nebraska. How you doing, Ty? Pretty good. How are you doing today? We are doing well, and uh, compaction is a big deal. We've had some dry years, and of course, Nebraska has had its share of drought. Uh, I'm sure a lot of guys would love to have regular moisture out there, but we've got so much hard soil. How much is due just to dry weather, and as soon as we get rain, it's going to go away? And how much of it do we really need to do something about? Well, I know in the area we work in, you know, we've kind of in the sand hills and we get down um, into the Platte Valley, uh, just south of Platte Valley and get some more silt loam soils. And yeah, those dry years, they really, they really make that ground pretty hard. It mellows out fairly well once we get some moisture, but we still have, you know, you get down below that top, uh, top layer and we'll still see some compaction issues. Um, you know, it might be left over from when it's so dry or even, even passes with the heavier equipment that we're running anymore, it seems like too. Yeah, there's a lot of big equipment. I know that's a lot of my non-farm friends notice that just traveling around uh, this time of year. They're like, man, these tractors have really gotten big. These combines have really gotten big. And, yeah, that's a lot of weight to carry out there. And I know there's been a lot of technology with tires and so forth, but uh, we're still putting a lot of pressure on the ground. Yeah, and that was one thing. You know, we when we were doing uh, starting with the strip till we we had a larger four-wheel drive with with the larger tires, and we get those especially those wet years, um, we would see compaction right behind the tractor where we're putting the strips out, and that kind of prompted us to go to a, a row crop setup instead of a flotation tire more so. And 
we just had a better strip that came up and it seemed like it really loosened that soil up a lot better um, when we had those row crop tires instead of the flotations it seemed like so you know, we're always digging and trying to see where that compaction layer's at, and that's been the nice thing in the fall when we're we're using a shank on our strip till machine. We mm-hmm. we can get down below that if we want to, and uh, the question then becomes fertility because I've heard guys say, "Well, man, now I'm down 12 inches here with this shank. Do I dare put fertilizer down that low? What what do you like to do? You like to keep it in the top six inches? You like to spread it all throughout? How do you do it?" Well, with the with the setup we have with that soil warrior, we we really kind of distributed throughout the strip. Um, one of the other machines we ran before, you know, it did more of a banding at the bottom of the at the bottom of the knife. There, um, we like the incorporation throughout. Just don't get as many hot zones. Um, a little safer on the roots. You know, we don't tend to see the the root burn like if we had it all in, in a concentrated band right underneath the seeds. So, yeah, we see more incorporation throughout the zone and and uh, and just see better results in that for sure. You know, we're hearing a lot of weather forecasts coming up of uh, cold weather and then that white stuff that none of us want to talk about yet. Uh, but I, I'm betting we still have a little bit of time to get some stuff done out in the field. How how are guys coming in Nebraska? Uh, not too bad. I, I know we just finished soybeans and we got just a few a few acres of dry corn to do, and it seems like a lot of the a lot of the beans are out in our part of the world, and and guys just kind of chipping away at the dry corn as it gets dry enough. So. Um, but yeah, I think this forecast this week, you know, rain here in a couple of days and then snow towards the weekend is going to maybe slow, slow things down a little bit anyway. So, yeah, sure. gets everybody excited. I know, I know that. And, uh, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're pulling some long hours here, but I guess it's just important. We're talking compaction today. Get out and do some digging behind the equipment, see how you're doing, see if you're accomplishing what you're trying to do. I've been talking with Ty Fickenshire here with Luma down in Nebraska. Ty, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. You bet. Thank you. Have a good day. Got CJ Parker with us right now with Case IH. And, and CJ, uh, it, it's been neat. Some of the control systems that we've got with AFS Command, and uh, it's just been nice to see tillage prescriptions oper- or used out in the fields and, and then going digging behind them. I, I've had a fun fall doing some digging. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. And that's really the, the best way to find out what's going on 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 your fields is to a little bit of sweat equity, as I like to call it. And um, you have to, and, and you have to do it. See what's going on. Yeah. You got it. You got to keep everything honest. Well, uh, and I know one of our guys, Joe was doing some tillage and I was following right behind him with my shovel and he was nervous. You know, what, what are you finding out there? But it was, it was right on the money. I, I think we're going to have a nice seed bed for next year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really one thing, you know, we need, and you know, we're out there with the, uh, with an Akala Tiger 875 busting up compaction and, um, and mixing up that residue too, but really, you know, I always say every every pass you make in that field, you need to complement that planter for next spring. So we we need that uh, that uniform uh, residue distribution across that three four inches in the in the soil profile, and um, to get that even temperature, that even moisture come next spring when when things start to warm up. Hey, you mentioned the residue distribution, and that's a big deal as guys are still combining to to make sure that you're spreading that stuff out well. Uh, I've seen a few fields that looked, I know they weren't going to bail things up, but it looked like they could have because there's a pretty decent windrow in the middle. We've got these great big heads now, CJ. I, I don't know if everybody's got things adjusted just right to spread it that wide. Yeah, and if um, you know, the, and the wind, the wind's usually blowing as well too. But um, that's one thing 
you know, I, I know we're, we're here to talk talk compaction and, and, and tillage, but um, it really starts that that next year's crop cycle really starts right right behind the combine. Yeah, no doubt about it. Okay, so we we were lucky enough we caught a little bit of rain that really helped with some of the tillage that we had to do, and some of this ground was just hard this year in the top gosh foot in in some cases what what are you seeing out there are you, are you seeing any adjustments in 2023 that need to be made um i think one thing with that dry you know the moisture that we that, we, that we've seen um, across the corn belt has, has obviously helped being able to get tillage tools to penetrate the ground i've seen some um, some pretty hard fields out there in the in the midwest this fall um, but um, I think one of the biggest things we, we need to realize is since it is still somewhat on the dry side for uh, for a fall and in quite a few of the areas, you know that's when we're going to see the probably the biggest bang for our buck. Um, it is going to take a little bit more fuel to uh, to pull them than tillage tools to uh, to get to that deep compaction. Um, it might wear out the points a little bit more because that soil is a little little drier and a little bit more abrasive. But um, we also got to remember we're getting a lot more fracture being done um, as that soil dries up to as we're working in them drier environments yeah yeah they're they're breaking up pretty nicely here i know some guys have talked about leaving some big lumps out there uh what if you're leaving some lumps behind uh, that just don't look like they're going to break down very well what what do you have for recommendations about that are there uh, some different ways you should do things is this where the rolling baskets can help or or do you have to do something different yeah, the rolling um, the rolling baskets or our tiger paw crumbler definitely can can help break up them um, them clumps or those clots. You know, we've we've done quite a few studies, and, and what we like to see um, in the fall, so to be able to go in the spring one time shallow and fast, and uh, we like that average clot size to be to be eight inches or smaller. Um, you know, if if you're out there and you're seeing some seeing some larger some larger clods than that, um, that's just something to, to keep in mind. Um, maybe there's an area with, for whatever reason it's, it's drier and, and that compaction layer is a lot more dense and a lot more tighter. You know, maybe maybe just another hit with a different different type of tillage tool, or or maybe uh, utilizing soil command if you if you have that ability. Maybe shallow that that tool up a little bit and um, just use it to break them clods up. Will will greatly help you in the in the spring. But um, with, with that being said, there was a few years ago here in northwest Ohio, I was in a, in a neighbor's field not too far from where I live, and I saw some clods behind an 875 that, um, that didn't look, look very good. Things were the size of basketballs. But um, it was pretty amazing how, how well they, they busted down that next spring and, and mellowed out. So um, we got enough fracture in some of them clods where they sat there for a little while and they um, – they just kind of kind of weathered out, and we were able to uh, to bust them up for, for next spring. Yeah, you think about that without that tillage, I, I just don't know how a root system would handle that next year. You got to get stuff fixed up in the fall as best you can, and uh, just judging by the job that tillage uh, has done on our farm this year, I think we had a great opportunity here to address this compaction, set ourselves up for a great crop with deep roots next next spring. Hey, CJ, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. Talking about fixing soil compaction on today's program and taking your calls and agronomic questions too at 844-44-AG-PHD. Stay tuned. My mom's got a new case ice tractor and it can do it all. 
they'll hate all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. It changes everything. So says Indiana corn grower Nathan Davis about innovative Zyway LFR fungicide from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides are the first and only at-plant corn fungicides to provide unprecedented, season-long, inside-out foliar disease protection. Discover more grower and retailer success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. Your farm data platform might let you manage your fertilizer plan by helping you set sample points, determine management zones, or create fertilizer recommendations. With Verify, you can do all that. But what Verify does that no one else can is take yield data straight from your combine, correlate this info to soil test points, and immediately generate variable rate fertilizer maps based on your nutritional goals. Whether you want to build soil levels, balance your field for uniform nutrition, or maintain fertility levels by simply applying what you removed at harvest. And with full integration with John Deere Operations Center, Verify can send recommendations directly to application equipment, no matter the color. Sign up for your Verify account today at Verify.com and keep your farm moving. That's V-R-A-F-Y dot it's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Just because your combine is one brand doesn't mean its cornhead should be the same, especially when it costs you yield. Drago cornheads are engineered to harvest more. Lowest profile saves ears, self-adjusting deck plates save kernels, longer knife rollers reduce trash, and aggressive gathering chains pick up stocks. No other cornhead works like a Drago or pays you back like one. Get the best deals of the season through December 15th. Learn more at dragooffers.com. listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. Talking about fixing soil compaction. We've all got some compaction, at least in spots out there. We want to do the best job we can to, to take care of that. And then, of course, going forward, we want to try not to create so much soil compaction. So hopefully we learn, okay, what did we do? Is there something we can do different to reduce this? Uh, it, it's a big challenge, though. It definitely robs a ton of yield. We've got Kevin Kimberly on right now, who's a fantastic consultant on planters and, and tillage performance and more. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on here. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, what are you seeing out there for compaction this year, and, and what's working to, to get it fixed? Well, you know, I everybody has something different, but I'm – uh, there are some guys have some real issues, and I was on a farm south of Mitchell, South Dakota, um, 
on Saturday, and it's hard all the way from top to bottom. And we're using an inline ripper, and uh, we take our inline rippers and we offset the shank 18 inches. I do on everybody that I teach. And because you want to fracture the ground, but you don't want to blow it apart. That's how we repack it. When a, uh, let's say an inline ripper is all in line, it lifts and shatters everything. So if you get wet next spring, you can fall to the bottom. And if you're dry, you'll suck more moisture out of it. So we run a narrow point. It's about a two-inch point, And we offset these shanks uh, 18 inches. And so we rip the same direction. We're going to plant if you have the 30th rows, let's say, for instance. And then um, I, I'm old-fashioned. I've had penetrometers and everything. I dig a hole. I do, we too. Dug holes with, I, we dig holes with spades. Uh, penetrometer, when it's dry and hard, it tells you you got it everywhere. And when it's wet, it slides through, and it doesn't tell you. And we've had some awful expensive ones several us have bought. But the best way to do is, you know, we have become so computerized today, man, learning manually, and you get a fill and study what's going on. So we were breaking this ground the other day. <clears throat> it was solid at 14 inches. And we were running right at 14 because that's about as deep as we could get it there. And um, so when we did this grip, for instance, most people know because I three, as I'm still a 875 fan, I guess now you'd call it. I like that ripper, and I'm a two-inch point guy, and you guys know that. I've seen some of your stuff. Yep. And the key is, I we had a guy run one up in uh, south of Botano, North Dakota, and he'd been to many of my meetings. He goes, I got it figured out, Kevin, and. And um, I got there, and he was running eight mile an hour, and he blew the ground apart. It was dry, and he didn't farm it for two years. Wow! Because it got wet, and they fell to the bottom. That what you're looking for is when any time you rip, let's say an eight seventy five or whatever you're running, you what you want to look for is you dig out the shank and dig that out where it ran, and you want to take your spade against the sidewall and pry on it. And what you want it to see is that whole ground move. And you pry hard enough, it will break into chunks. So that's your foundation for these big combines, our big grain carts, our sprayers. If we blow that apart, we will put a hard pan in deeper. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. These uh, these super dry conditions are, are pretty tricky to operate out there. We've been fortunate enough. We've caught a little bit of rain here. I, I think we've done a pretty decent job. But uh, I, I totally agree with you on the spade, too. Mine goes about 14 inches, and if I can stick that thing in uh, without trouble, I know I'm I'm in great shape. <laughs> I, I just don't like it when I can only get it in a couple inches. Or this year, like you say, there's a lot of ground. You couldn't even get the spade in the ground. So we were on ground that was moist. It was, um, I learned this from the old boys. I'm, I happen to be an old boy now. But I learned this from the old boys 25 years, 30 years ago, about an underground tide in this ground. 
And, you know, I, you guys know I travel eight states and we cover a lot of country. And everybody thought they were all dry. This moisture came up from underneath. And this ground's working rather well right now. And so you have some moisture to work with and you can fix some things. Um, this summer, I'm just going to tell a little story. I was 50 miles, I think, something like that, uh, east of uh, Watertown. Madison, Minnesota, they hadn't had any rain in there since May, and we had uh, strip-tilled about nine inches deep in there to 10 last fall, and we ran a strip freshener over this spring. Uh, the temperature was 98 degrees was there, and the corn plant was 95, and you want that corn plant to be cooler than it is uh, your temperature outside. I went to the three neighbors' fields, and we were dark green yet, and their leaves were brown, and they were 104. And that was shallow tillage blowed apart. Uh, and we got to be careful. Everybody likes to run wings, but you fluff everything, and you'll pack it, and you'll put yourself in more of a hard pan. One of the things today, tell everybody, you know, we're getting too much horsepower, and everybody wants to go fast, and that's not always the answer. And and uh, I'm a I'm a five mile an hour guy on these disc rippers, and uh, to five and a half. Anything you get too fast, you can shatter too much ground. And and again, we don't. You know, we kind of forget we we got some awful big stuff out here today. Yeah. We never used to think about that. You know, and um, that can really do some damage to us. Yeah, it can, and and you know it's not always the number one operator on the farm running that equipment either. He might be still in the combine or she, and it, sometimes it ends up being the young guy or maybe their friend from town that gets doing some of this tillage. I, I, I think that's okay as long as you they know what they're trying to do and know what to look for out there and what to dig around for. But to me, I agree with you, Kevin. This takes takes one of the old boys to be out there that's got a little experience. Well, and, you know, you, you've made a great point there. And, you know, I've got clients all over. And I actually had some of the guys that own the places were running the rippers and the other guys were running the combines for them. But I, I think one of the things I see a lot of, we throw somebody out there, we're in a hurry. You know, it doesn't really take long to educate. Just go out and teach what they need to do and why. And... Um, I just think we need to take a little more time doing that. And I don't care how many acres you're farming, whether you're big, big, it's just as important because it's all, you have one chance a year to do this. And, you know, I, I don't, I have no idea. Ellen Taylor's preaching 2024, 2025 is going to be a severe drought. And, you know, everybody thought we had one heck of a drought this year, but we had some timely rains. And the other thing we had was sunlight all summer. Even when we had some smoke, we still had lots of sunlight. And um, another ge old gentleman taught me about sunlight out in Nebraska, and that's that's where we got a lot of this crop this year. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing when you don't have rain clouds coming through every day. You get a lot of sunshine, and I, I agree with you about the smoke, too. It seemed like that stuck around for a long time, but in, in reality, in our area, we were blessed. It, it didn't stick around that much, and... That's where you're right. A lot of these yields came from the guys weren't expecting. Well, hey, Kevin, uh, I know you're super busy this time of year. Of course, you're super busy all the time. Really appreciate having you on. Thanks for sharing a little bit, sharing some of the stories. Really appreciate that. 
Well, you guys have a great day. Nice talking to you. You bet. We're talking about fixing soil compaction, and I loved some of the message that Kevin had there is let's not make a problem worse. Let's not tear everything up so it's fluffy uh, down two feet deep or something. You're just not going to get back into that, or you're just going to create a lot more compaction trying to get back out there. So as you're going, uh, uh, one other thing that he mentioned too I should reiterate on is just do a little bit of training and i think that was something i know brian and i saw growing up too everybody was in such a rush that oftentimes we didn't slow down enough to hey here's exactly what to watch out for here's exactly how we're trying to do this and and when we did we did a great job and when we didn't get that training well we had to do it again so try and train the people that are running tillage on your farm if you're trying to fix compaction this fall Stay tuned. We'll talk more about compaction coming up right after this. Growing up on the farm, I woke up as early as mom and dad. I put as many hours on the tractor, changed as many teeth on the tiller as my brothers. It doesn't matter if you're young or old, man or woman. When there's work to be done, you put your boots on and you do it. I do that on my farm and in my job at Case IH. My name is Kelsey. I'm a farmer and I work for Case IH. Case IH, built by farmers. This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. Because the challenges you face are getting bigger every year, BASF is committed to helping with more than boots on the ground. We're committed to boots in the mud, boots on the steps of your truck, your tractor, your combine, the linoleum tiles of your coffee shop, the concrete of your co-op, the gravel in your shed. So we can listen, learn firsthand, help right now to ensure success. BASF, helping you do the biggest job on earth. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Get more points with the end zone from Farm Shop MFG. In a 20,000 bushel bin full of corn, gaining three points of moisture adds the equivalent of 1,000 bushels to your bottom line. Call 712-520-6051. Precision crop nutrition pays. And AgroLiquid has precisely what it takes to help you succeed. The right products plus the right expertise to give you guidance based on your soils, your fields, and your goals. While our clean, seed-safe formulations and lower application rates make planter fertilizer easier than ever. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Take your tillage to the next level with the Insight Universal Tillage Tool from McFarland Ag. With more adjustability and flexibility, the Insight is the ultimate one-pass tillage tool. Visit McFarlandAg.com to find your closest dealer. From machine storage buildings and farm shops to dependable buildings to house your livestock, regardless of building size or use, Morton has a building for every budget. To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit MortonBuildings.com. 
You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, talking about compaction on our show and taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. Got Francisco Ariaga on with us right now at the University of Wisconsin. How you doing, Francisco? Not too bad. How about yourself? Well, pretty good. We got our harvest done, so that makes me feel really good, but uh, we got some compaction out there. Yeah, we got a little compaction to work on. We got a couple of things, a little fertilizer to get done, but uh, at least the the first big job's done, but a lot of guys still still powering through that, uh, and they're, they're going to get after the compaction here shortly. What are you seeing over in Wisconsin? Uh, I know it feels a little odd to be talking about compaction on a drought year, but uh, kind of the, the same things we see typically, right? Uh, traffic wind conditions are a little too wet you know right now we're we've been getting some some rainfall uh luckily uh but you know and we got crops out there that need to come off the field so that's where we see a lot of issues a lot of the time uh with with compaction a lot of times too on our corn silage acres uh we see a lot of compaction on, on those conditions as well yeah you're right the the silage harvest is is a big deal we've got trucks running through the field uh, those guys got to go no matter what the what the weather is once that corn gets down to the right moisture percentage and and yeah here we are harvest time doesn't rain all summer and now we get rain <laughs> so you just never know what the weather's going to do to you yeah that's that's right and that's usually the like the number one issue we have with with compaction is just trafficking when the when the ground is too wet you know and with with equipment just the the size that they're getting they're getting bigger and bigger so we can be more efficient uh, with the operations, you know, that's where we, we run a lot of uh, risk of uh, for soil compaction. All right, so talk to us just a little bit about fixing that. Uh, I know there's a lot of things we can do to try to prevent it, but sometimes uh, you just got to go or you're not going to get your crop in, and, and so guys push through it even though they know there's going to be uh, a price to pay for that down the road. Well, is it tillage? Is that what you're recommending? Are there other things that you're seeing help with this compaction problem? Yeah, so I agree with you. Prevention, it's probably the number one tool, but that it's not realistic all the time. So um, the way I like to look about uh, at compaction as, and as far as remediation, it, it depends where it is uh, in the profile, right? How deep the compaction might be. And so I'm a big advocate of uh, using uh, cone penetrometers, soil penetrometers to try to figure out if you have compaction for one, one, one thing first. And second, to figure out how deep that uh, compaction is and then figure out what's the best uh, remediating that. So, um, you know, if it's near the surface and it's not a very severe compaction, you know, things like cover crops and depending where you are, freeze and thaw cycles during the winter can help alleviate that. I don't like to advocate relying on freeze and thaw cycles too much because we don't know how the winters are going to be for one thing. And second, if the compaction is a little too deep, we typically get less freeze and thaw cycles deeper in the profile, deep in the soil. We just get the soil freezes and then it thaws out later on. So if it's below about six, eight inches, I think steel is the only way to get to that. Um, and so that's why I like the, the, the use of a penetrometer because it will give you an idea on the depth. And also, once you figure out the depth and you have like a subsoil compacted layer, then you can kind of figure out how to set up that subsoiler as well. You know, I like digging a lot too, just to see what's happening. I, I like seeing what my tillage floor is as well, but that's not necessarily um, 
what we're looking at here with with some of these straight shanks and and other ways guys are getting the the deep compaction what are you looking for with the deep compaction if if you dig away all the fluff what do you like to see underneath there do you like to see uh just patterns where we broke through that deepest layer of compaction do you like to see it completely blown up what should we be targeting so from from some of the work uh, I did when I was uh, with the USDA down south in the southeast, um, worked with a lot of ag engineers out there, had a lot of experience with equipment and machinery and all those type of things. You basically kind of want to see a, kind of a V-shape of that shattering of that soil, and you want to see it shattering. You don't want to start seeing, I think the gentleman before was talking about a situation where there were soil chunks coming out, you know, and we used to refer to those as blowouts. And that's not a good situation, right? So you want to see a disruption of the soil, kind of maybe a little little hump, almost to the point. If you see, if you're if you're paying attention as that tillage equipment is going through the field, it's almost as something piercing uh, through the water. You see sort of a wave of soil as the shank is going through, and it just sort of picks it up and kind of gently drops it back. Uh, so you shouldn't be seeing big disruption uh, on the surface. And when you start digging down, you should see sort of a V shape of that disruption. And that usually is the best condition, I guess, for, for that to alleviate compaction. And you mentioned uh, uh, some of the things the previous caller was saying, and, and he talked a little bit about guys that are running too fast in some cases with some of the big mm-hmm. horsepower. They're, they're just running too fast and making a mess out there. Do you find uh, any kind of speed guidelines or, or more just, I'm just going to worry about what the soil looks like? Yeah, so, it, so it's going to depend on, on the conditions, you know, the soil texture, the soil type, uh, the moisture at the time you're running the tillage, um, the equipment you're using, all those kind of things, right? Um, but typically around three to five miles per hour miles per hour is probably, you know, kind of your sweet spot depending on the conditions, how hard those layers are too. Uh, if you're seeing rooster tails out of out of the uh, the back of the tillage equipment, that's that's probably not not good <laughs> no, it's probably too no. much disturbance right <laughs> yes absolutely well it, it just comes down to to knowing what you're what you're trying to accomplish out here and doing some training with whoever's going to be running that tillage tool i i did like one thing that kevin said he, he said he's seeing some operations that he works with the number one operator in the field is doing this because it's going to really make a big difference in what you're going to yield next year and what kind of conditions you're going to be planting into uh this is a big deal it isn't just something for the well, I don't know. When Brian and I were younger, it's something for the teenage kid to be out doing. No, it's something that that you really need to know what you're doing out there. Absolutely, I think like like you were talking about earlier too. Yeah, the training and, and having somebody experienced and, and kind of feel how that tillage tool is pulling and what what it's doing out there kind of gives you also some some idea what's happening below the ground. Absolutely. Yeah, compaction is a big yield robber. I know we saw it in our fields this year. If we had some traffic patterns that didn't get dealt with, uh, they they showed up. They showed up on the yield monitor. So I'm sure a lot of other farmers seeing the same thing, wanting to get out in the fields. Uh, We're talking with Francisco Ariaga here with University of Wisconsin. Uh, Francisco, any last points you want to give us for for dealing with compaction? No, again, I think, um, you know, depending on where you are in the States, uh, you know, Freeze and thaw can help you a little bit near the surface, but if it's uh, below six inches or so, uh, deep ripping probably is your your best choice. Um, there's a lot of interest on in cover crops and all that. I think cover crops are great for for soil compaction in that they will help develop that soil health, help with aggregation. We're finding that aggregation it's a big big component soil aggregation 
for uh, preventing the risk of compaction. So the more aggregation you have, the better that soil is uh, at holding weight and, and preventing compaction in the first place. So we, we should not forget about that to kind of build up that soil for, for the future. Absolutely. Uh, well, Francisco, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on today. Thanks for having me. Well, if you've got soil compaction on your farm, the, the key there, and Francisco really laid it out, the key thing is just to figure out if you have it, number one, and then to figure out how deep it is, uh, and then what tools do you have at your disposal to get after it. Uh, I like the I like his uh, measurement that he was using, too. He said, if you're below six or eight inches with that compaction, freeze-thaw probably isn't going to be reliable to help you with that, uh, and you're going to need to do something with iron if you want to get it fixed right now. Uh it's certainly something to watch as you're out there harvesting. I know you can't always avoid it, but uh, just trying to control those traffic patterns as best you can so you don't have random compaction happening all over through the field. Brandon, any last points you want to make on compaction? Yeah, absolutely. We started today saying, hey, you want to have good drainage, make sure you have tile in the ground, and maybe you need more tile. Have good calcium levels, at least 65%, preferably 75% or higher. Do what you can to build your soil's organic matter. The more organic matter you have, the spongier your soil will be. That's really important. And then in terms of the type of tillage you do, the less you can do is usually better. Not always, though. And there certainly is a case for doing different tillage things, but I'm just saying we have to be careful about that and be smart about that and always continue to scout the fields and look for where compaction layers are at and do what you can to minimize them. We'll dive into the Ag PhD mailbag coming up right after this. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. In 1923, Bert R. Benjamin had a vision, an all-purpose tractor that could do more. With that, the Farmall was born. This year, Case IH is celebrating 100 years of Farmall, 100 years of milestones, 100 years of innovation, passion, grit. And they're doing it through your stories. Share them at Farmall100.com. One lucky storyteller will win their own Farmall, the tractor that is the one for all. The hard-working, independent spirit of rural America can often be isolating. It's not often discussed, but mental health issues are real. Now's the time to lead by example, talk openly, and show that a strong mind is just as important as a strong body. FMC is proud to be working toward ending the misconceptions around mental health. Through awareness, guidance, and action, together we can uproot the stigma. Hey, Fred, how's harvest coming? Well, gotta take care of my STDs. Your what? <laughs> my soil transmitted disease. Got white mold spreading in my bean fields again. Foliar fungicides alone just aren't cutting it, and I can't seem to get rid of it. Fred, get ahead of the spread. My agronomist highly recommends Contans WG from Sipcam Agro. It's definitely your solution to control white mold at its source. 
Huh, thanks Joe. I'm calling my retailer today for Contans WG. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting corteva.us. When nematode pressure mounts, Seed Applied Trunemco provides assurance. Growers using Trunemco are seeing a difference. From early plant vigor to improved soybean and cotton yield, impressive results are everywhere, and we want to hear about yours. You could win $20,000 and be named a Trunemco Top Grower. Request your starter kit at newfarm.com forward slash top grower, but don't delay. Contest ends November 30th. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. See full rules. Newfarm.com forward slash top grower. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here along with my brother Darren. We're live in the Morton studio today just talking about fixing soil compaction and also taking your calls. Our number here is 844-44-AG-PHD if you'd like to call in. That's what Ted did from out in Indiana. Hey, Ted, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Great. Here you got a question about uh, fungicide in wheat. Uh, yes, Um so a while back, you guys had a gentleman on, uh, and he was talking about a half-rate application uh, this time of year for some wheat. Okay. And uh, our wheat is up and looks really good. And I thought about, you know, trying to push the limits here and and uh, seeing what that was all about. But I couldn't remember exactly what he was talking about. <laughs> Well, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure what he would have been saying would have been a Strabillion product. Let's say it's Headline, Quadris, something like that. Uh, Headline, of course, being the most popular. Because it's in that Strabillion family, what we find is we have improved plant health. So less ethylene production, uh, more antioxidants, that kind of thing. So that's my guess what he was probably talking about. So if you had actual diseases out there, you'd probably want to have some kind of combination with a strobe and then an SDHI or a triazole. But if literally all you were after, you said, I got no disease, I just want some plant health benefits, we would suggest a half rate at a minimum on a, a strobe-like headline. And uh, would there be any benefits for throwing in a foliar package right now or anything? fertilizer uh it's possible yeah yeah, yeah. um I, I i mean before i say yes i i guess i'm i'm always going to be wondering all right what's my overall soil fertility package and if i have really ridiculously high rates of p and k and zinc and all the nutrients you know it probably wouldn't make a whole lot of difference if you do a little foliar but yeah i mean as long as you're going out there it's probably not going to cost that's, you a whole lot to throw a little bit of stuff thinking. out yeah Yep. So yeah, I, sure. I, I probably would. All right. Well, I just was going to, you know, maybe split some fields and just yeah. kind of do some experiment. Definitely. Yep. The big right, thing. Thanks. Yeah. The big thing is we want that wheat as healthy as possible going into the winter because <laughs> obviously winter can be a little tough on it. So, so yeah, I think you're headed down the right path there, Ted. And thanks a lot for calling in. Appreciate it. Good luck. All right. Thank you. You bet. 
All right, let's head next to Robert in Minnesota. Hey, Robert, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Doing great. So you wanted to talk a little so about compaction, I, I hear. Yeah, that's the topic of the day. <laughs> you um, bet. So my, que- my question is, you've been saying, and I, I have no reason to doubt you, but I want you to explain this better, um, that it's bad to be in the field when it's too wet because that's going to cause compaction. Okay. But water, water is incompressible. So if, if the soil were perfectly dry and the floor spaces were per- all, totally empty, you'd think that would be the worst case for compaction because then the floor spaces would collapse. But if they're full of water, then it's incompressible and you can't have compaction, at least the way I'm thinking about it. So I think um, there's some explanation here I'm missing. So uh, I'd, I, I'd like you to take the opportunity to explain this. Sure. Yep. Go ahead, Darren. Well, I don't say you're going to crush water, but you're going to squish it out to the side. And you pack that soil down, you squish stuff out to the side. I mean, we've all seen what ruts look like driving through stuff that's too wet. You know, when you drive over ground that's that's dry, you don't see it. Uh, but, boy, we did com- did create some compaction on even these dry years running silage equipment okay, and, but, and heavy but, harvesting equipment through the fields. Yeah, and, and the whole thing is – so – I, I don't know exactly what the uh, the physics behind neither it is of exactly. us are engineers <laughs> right I, I don't know the exact physics but all I know is this if we're out there when and and I'm with you in that okay let's say that the water table is all the way to the soil surface uh, so it's a hundred percent full of water I, I I see where you're going with this saying okay well nothing's gonna really happen there because our pore space is all full. Yes, but now the soil can move much easier. And I think that's really what it comes back to. When the soil is wet, it just end in end sitting in water, then it can move easily. So when I go through that field and I've got that down pressure there, it's pushing everything to the side much easier. So again, I don't know what the, the property would be in, in the physics of that uh, and how to scientifically explain that. But I just know this, that we do farm more hard pans and harder hard pans in a lot of cases when the ground is a little bit wetter as opposed to it being a little bit drier. So, I, I mean, you you obviously can't even be out there if it's, you got standing, well, I suppose you can be out there when you have standing water if you have just a little bit, but if you have very much, you're getting stuck. So that just shows you too that that soil is going to move around because why, why do you get stuck? I mean, the soil moves, whereas when it's dry, the soil doesn't move as easily. So I don't know a better way to describe that. And also, just to say this, that literally every bit of training in my life that I've ever had, any class I've ever had or any expert I've ever talked to, any scientist, they all talk about this same thing. You want your soil to be drier rather than wetter. Um there, there's all kinds of documentation out there. So, but the challenge is how wet's too wet, and when are you going to be out there? Because we're all up against the clock, especially in the northern part of the country. Here, we can't farm forever. We got to get the job done, and we're debating. Even like this week, it's like, okay, well, if the soil's a little wet today, um, should I just take that? Or we're getting late in the year. I got rainfall potentially coming every day this week on our farm. 
what what do I do? So that that's one of our big issues. But anyway, Robert, yeah, I don't know if I explained that very well or anything, but I, I, I and again, I just, I don't know the exact science behind it, but all I can say is wetter soil, I definitely know for sure we're going to compact it more. Just as a general statement, wetter versus drier, I'm going to take a drier if I'm out there doing tillage. Well, I you can't argue with experience, so I'm not I'm not going to try. But I, no. I'm going to try to do some research and try to understand this better. Sure. I mean, I'm certainly sympathetic with you about the pressure of time. I mean, oh, yeah. I have some wet spots, you know, and yep. I, I've got to decide. Like, right. It's like planting whether I'm just going to you know go out there when their part of the field is too wet or not. You know, yep. Yeah, and so like for us every year, Halloween was our date. And our dad just said, boy, if we're not done by Halloween, we are really taking our chances. And some years we're okay. So we're constantly looking at that calendar going, all right, I'm not I'm not willing to push it if it's September or early October. But once we get to this date, <laughs> it's October 23rd. Now I'm probably pushing a little more. Here's one other thing I'll add for you, Robert. So if it's wet in the spring with the planter, what we see is... Uh, sidewall compaction, sidewall smearing, some people will call it. They're basically that V trench we're creating to put the seed in there. Any, any area in the field that's too wet, we create that hard pan right along there in that V trench. And then we have uh, very few roots and all those roots are basically confi- confined to a smaller area and we have problems. So I've looked at this for years and years and years. And so that's one of the reasons like for planting, we don't want to be out there when it's too wet. We smear that. And and it's the same thing with the deep tillage too. When we've done deep tillage in the past, we can go out later, dig root pits and show, oh, here's where the shanks ran. You can see it because we've smeared those sidewalls. They didn't close back in very well. Um, the, the soil needs to be, I, I don't know exactly again how to say this, more crumbly so the soil comes back in. When we smash it over to the side, uh, then we've got real problems when that's too wet. All so, right, well, thank you very much. You bet. Yep, thanks, yep. Robert. Good luck over there. Uh, one quick question. Uh, sure. This one comes in uh, from John, North Central Missouri. He said, we moved to a wheat and soybean rotation just because of the dry weather. Just curious if gibberellic acid or humix or fulvix or anything that could help us improve yields or improve growth in these conditions or if we should invest money elsewhere. Wait, say what conditions? Dry. Um, there is some some data that Valence shown where gibberellic acid can help a little bit with drought. Um, we haven't really seen it increase wheat yields. Definitely nothing on soybeans. So forget about the soybean side. Look for something else there. But for wheat, could you try it? Sure. What we've seen out of the wheat is we get taller wheat. We get more tonnage if we're after tonnage. But we aren't seeing yield increase. But we haven't done a whole bunch of tests in drought. No, to me, I'd invest my money in a complete soil test and try to balance out soil nutrition. That's been one of the most helpful things for us getting through these dry years. Hey, thanks for the question. If you get follow-ups, you can always send them in right at agphd.com. Thanks for listening today, and be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.